When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another episode of the News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal Saints here alongside Justin Barney. Justin, uh, last week was bad, Woo. and uh, now they're moving on to the Titans. Big game this week. Big game. A bit two big games. I mean, you got the Titans this week, and you got to look ahead a little bit. You got another divisional game right around the corner. To me, if you're Jacksonville, throw out last week the disappointment of the Niners' performance, and then it, my my issue with the Niners' game is how they played. Had they lost to the Niners, fine. Totally fine. But to get beat by 31 at home off a of bye week, unacceptable um, and, and how it happened. Offensive line looked terrible. But it, you have a chance to get back on the saddle this week against the Titans and then uh, the huge one against the Texans Lumen uh, one week from Sunday. I am so glad you brought that up and started looking ahead. So I figure this Titans game is relatively straightforward. We both probably agree pretty much that the Jaguars are going to walk away with yes. a win on this one. All right, perfect. So I love these little – playoff uh, scenario things where it gives you your percentages on what the Jaguars right, on, okay. on getting into the, the – so th- I have this one in front of me, and I have it set for the Jaguars to win the division. All right. Before the Titans game, just as it is, they have a 56% chance. Take down the Titans, jumps up to 70. Okay. Take down the Texans next week, and it jumps up to about a 95% chance. That's big. That's, that's, that's a big difference. So you're talking – and, and you don't like to look too much ahead just from what we saw last year. And, you know, Tennessee is sitting right about where Jacksonville was mm-hmm. last year through nine games. So uh, we do have that as a little bit of a recent history to, to go off of. But if you make it through the first Titans game, I mean, you figure out at worst case scenario each year you're going to split with Tennessee. And that, that's worst case scenario. You, had, you swept them last year. But worst case scenario, you sweep Tennessee. But if you can get that split with Houston next week, that's huge. I mean, that yes. to me, that's that is the game next week. So if you can bounce back, get those two divisional wins. You look at the stats right there. You're jumping almost up to ninety percent. Mm-hmm. I mean, nearly, almost doubling where you're at right now in terms of winning that division. You're at eight wins. Yep. You're feeling good. I mean, you had nine wins all last year and you won the division. So I think if you get through these next two games, I think they beat the Titans. Um, but that Texans game, man, that looms so large next week. So here's the exercise because uh, part of this is the news that came out today. Right before we recorded this, Joe Burrow out for the season. So that's the Jaguars' next game. So I want to go through the rest of the Jaguars' games. Let's do win-loss here. And then we're going to do the Texans okay. and see how it shakes out because I think it'll be a good um, – It'll be a good demonstrator of just how thin of a margin the Jaguars have for mistakes here. Okay. Uh, because I've played with this a few times, and basically what I've landed at is there's no room for error. All right, so next week against the Bengals, or not next week, but after the Texans game, Jaguars have the Bengals. I think you're probably feeling pretty good about that. Now, yeah, now. Now that sure. Joe Burrow's gone, right. you think the Jaguars will win. I, I do. Think we can agree on that pretty easily. Deshaun Watsonless Browns. Jaguars probably win that game. That's a tough game. It's still it's a tough still, game. It's still a tough game because that defense, you know, you're not good. winning because of Deshaun Watson. You're winning because that defense is darn good. Yep. So that's a little bit more scary to me. It's going to be cold weather up there in Cleveland. Yep. Um, so that's a little more worrisome. I'd still lean probably towards them winning that game, especially with a rookie quarterback who's not looked too well 
Um, but again, Jacksonville has a veteran quarterback, and they have not looked too well uh, either. But that Cleveland defense gives me a little bit of pause. But I would lean right now to beating Cleveland. All right, perfect. So the next week against the Ravens. Loss. That's what I that's what I was thinking. All right, Buccaneers probably a win. Win. Panthers a win. Win. Last game against the Titans. How you feeling? Uh, probably uh probably a loss. I'll say a split that one. You want to split that I'll one? I'll split that. All right, perfect. So now we're gonna go down and we're gonna do the Texans. So this week Texans have the Cardinals. Win. All right. Next week the Texans have. Or it looks like that. Hold on. Here we go. Next week Texans Broncos. Broncos been playing well. So. Yeah, that's a tough one. I, I'm, I'm split on that one. I'll say Texans win. You'll say Texans win? All right. Following week after that, Texans-Jets? Win. All right. Uh, following week after that, it is Texans-Titans. Uh, I'm going to say a win there as well. For Texans? Yes. All right. Excellent. Following week after that, Texans-Browns? Loss. All right. Browns win. And then the last week of the season, Texans-Titans? Win. All right. So just to, that we just went through that. Jaguars finished twelve and five with the division okay. win. Texans finished eleven and six. No room for error. Immediately, if you flip that Texans win, Texans win the division. Right. So there's about one, there's one game in there where that that sort of difference is for the Jaguars and the Texans right now. So th- this is that they're right on your tail right. and with these quarterback injuries the Jaguars schedule is getting easier but we've talked about it at times here the Texans schedule is like a cakewalk, yeah, cakewalk right? almost the rest of the way and a Deshaun Watson less Browns also plays the Texans so that right. makes one of the more difficult games on their schedule also that much easier so there may be some surprises along the way could Kyler Murray and the Cardinals maybe surprise the Texans yeah, this week it's possible but this I I want to go through this to show like this they are by a razor thin margin leading in the division razor thin and that it's surprising to me but I've been probably since that Texans loss in week three I have been more concerned with the Texans because again you saw the Texans the chain reaction of them I mean they they have gotten hot C J Stroud is going to be the unanimous rookie of the year. 14 touchdown passes, two or three interceptions. He has been phenomenal. The Texans are almost like Jacksonville was the second half last year. Momentum, momentum, momentum. They've got hot. They got a, uh, I mean, the rookie has been playing lights out out there. Tank Dell has been playing well. Um, Singletary run. I mean, they have had so many good guys performing. And a team like that, you hate to say team of destiny, but once they figure it out, they've got that momentum. Jacksonville does not have that momentum. Um, it, it, it's, so little margin for error, and you yes. saw that running those numbers right there. You have maybe a game to play with. You you don't you have so little space, so little space. If they sweep the Jaguars in a week, it changes things. Another loss to the Titans changes right. things. There is very little space for them to make mistakes down the stretch because Texans are nipping at your heels. They're playing good football. Right. Jaguars have to put last week behind them. They have to do it quickly because they have no room to stumble. I, I'm worried about Jacksonville's offense. I'm worried legitimately, and, and I know when we did our Teal the Show, and that was kind of my refrain, I'm not worried about the offense yet. I'm not worried about the offense yet. But I do think it is fair to ask right now, and yes, Walker Little just got back. They plug him in at left guard after that knee injury. Uh, he's back. Brandon Sheriff's been banged up. Luke Fortner has been pedestrian. Um, they've just not played extremely well. Anton Harrison, um, not extremely well as a rookie. That offensive line has been not terrible, but 
what's the rung above terrible? It, they the have rung n- above. they have not been good at all this year. They are ranked like 30th and 31st in the league in terms of run block and pass block rate. Trevor's been sacked 24 times. 24 times Trevor's been sacked in nine games. That that's just staggering to me. He was sacked last year 27 times in 17 games. 32 times sacked as a rookie in that terrible Urban Meyer year. You've given up 24 sacks. You're on pace to give up 45 sacks this year, one of the top six sack totals in franchise history. And, again, I think this week Doug Peterson, it was almost alluded to him, that is Trevor seeing ghosts back there. Is he skittish in that pocket because of how poor that offensive line has been? And Doug is not going to throw his offensive line under the bus. But they have been a rung above terrible. And, yes, you could say Trevor Lawrence is not generational. We've covered that topic but he's passed for nine touchdowns. I mean, nine touchdowns in nine games. I mean, that's in, in the conversation with Baker Mayfield kind of numbers. That's not good. And I am officially worried about Jacksonville. Week 11, your offense, I am worried about them. All right, so we're back to the Trevor Lawrence and where he's at conversation. Right. That, Look, it is what it is. We're going to have it every week uh, until he goes out there and starts cooking because that's just the name of the game with it. This year – Overall, yeah, he struggled. Last week was not uh, was not pretty. The Jaguars' offensive line did him no favors. Right. Um, that that group has to play better. He has to play better. The offense has to play better. Now, the uh, silver lining to that cloud. If I gave you one guess on who does Trevor Lawrence's career high in passing yards come against last year, where, where are you going with it? I'm gonna say without knowing this answer, I'm gonna say. Um, let's see. Probably the Titans. It was against the, the Titans. Titans. It was the game in Nashville against the Titans. 368 yards, three touchdowns, and a stiff arm seen around the world. Right. Um, so, and they walked out with a win, 36-22. to 22. So, look, Trevor has played well in big games like these before. There's a possibility that it comes on at some point. It's going to have to. Part of what I think has to happen for this offense is – think they have to get out of their own way there was a point last year and I feel like it was in one of the comeback wins late in the season where Doug said I started thinking players not plays I I knew I had to get my guys involved I started thinking about the guys I want to put the ball the put the ball in their hands and they haven't done that and we don't have to look any farther than Calvin Ridley Mm -hmm. At some point, they have to start thinking players, not plays. In games where Calvin Ridley has been involved, the Jaguars have done better as an offense. It's just is what it is. And we can point the finger and say, oh, well, Zay Jones was also available in those games. Don't get me wrong. I like Zay. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite guys on the team. Legal stuff aside, we're going to leave that where it is. Uh, as far as football, I like Zay. All right. Zay, um, he's big. He's big in that he, offense. He's big in that offense. But Zay is not the cog that makes a, a – uh, offense go from okay to elite. It's He's just not that guy. Good player, not that guy. You have to think players, not plays. If I'm starting to think players for the Jaguars, you start thinking Calvin Ridley. Right. You start thinking Christian Kirk. You think Evan Ingram. You think Travis Etienne. And you get those guys involved. And it's not, it's, it's not a mistake that in week one, Calvin Ridley had eight catches for 101 yards. Jaguars walked away with a win, scored 31 points. How about in week five? He had seven catches, 122 yards. Jaguars scored 25 points, but walked away with a win. How about Calvin Ridley? Six catches, 83 yards against Pittsburgh. Jaguars walked away with a win. Like, every time they get this guy involved, 
They walk out with a win, and in the games where he's just not involved at all, all of a sudden you're struggling for the most part or you lose games. What, do you have two catches last week? He had two catches for 20 yards. And don't get me wrong, I think he's played – I mean, I I understand that the pass interference penalties go beyond the stat sheet, and he's been impactful on his own, but they have to think – players not plays at some point if the plays aren't working like all right how can I get Calvin the ball how can I get Evan the ball because when you get those guys the ball good things happen yeah and and that nail in the head you cannot have Calvin Ridley number one receiver not targeted until the third quarter of a game that's just unacceptable and I know they're the the Reasoning between that is, hey, Calvin's drawing attention. He's drawing two guys on him. He's not getting open because they've got an extra guy in there. We've got to take advantage of those other receivers who are open. But, again, when I'm thinking of an elite receiver in the NFL, you have to get him the ball. I don't care if he's being covered by their number one guy. I don't care if Patrick Sertan is shutting Calvin Ridley down. Throw him the ball. Get him the ball. Let your players make plays. Calvin has been too invisible in that. I just don't understand the reasoning. You're not targeting your best receiver till the third quarter. It's inexcusable that Calvin Ridley has two catches in a game against the Niners. It's just not – it boggles my mind. It, it boggles my mind. Evan Ingram has yet to find the end zone this season through nine games. It just – something is wrong with this offense. And, yes, I'm agreeing with you that it is the players. I mean, you've got Evan Ingram. Calvin Ridley, if you would have told me before the season that those guys combined would have two touchdown catches through – heading into week 11, that's just – inexcusable to me something is not right with this offense um can blame it on Trevor's yeah I, I don't think it's the fact that Trevor's not a good player I think there's something wrong at the at the core of this offense where it's just not clicking and I think it probably starts with the offensive line the numbers are down Trevor's not getting comfortable back there you know I don't think he's a bust at all I don't think he's Zach Wilson I don't think that I, I don't think tilt towards some of those extremes but something is not right with this offense. That was right last year. And I think the offensive line is the easiest thing to look at because if you're Trevor Lawrence and you're getting skittish because you're used to that rush coming around the corner and, and you weren't last year, yeah, I think that's, uh, that is natural. And the, the statistics show that this offense in the league is not a good offensive line. Yeah, it's look, it's not. And one of the things that I guess is the recent book on Trevor Lawrence, the second week in a row, uh, last week Joey Bosa said, uh, look, you got to make Trevor Lawrence play quarterback, make him look past his first read, and that's how you beat him. 49ers work for him. Right. This week, Arden Key, former Jaguar player, said very similar comments for t- in the Tennessee locker room, saying, look, you got to get Trevor off of his first read. And it seems like that is becoming a consistent message around the league of how to beat this guy of if you can make him have to get off his first read, maybe he can't do it. And the question now becomes – is it that Trevor Lawrence can't read a defense, which I don't think is the case, or, as you just mentioned, the offensive line ain't giving him enough right. time. They know, all right, well, he get, he has enough time to get to one. And if he has to get to two, we're going to be in his face by then. So uh, I think it's because the offensive line is just failing him at that point. Yes, I agree. And, you know, he, the, the 49ers press, pressured him last week. Um, again, this is one game, 39% of his dropbacks, Trevor Lawrence was pressured last week. That, it boggles my mind that, yeah, that's an elite defense. That defense is phenomenal. Chase Young's playing in his first game with that defense. So, again, this is not a veteran uh, edge-rushing kind of team. And you added Chase Young, that's his first game in San Francisco. And he and Joe, Joey Bosa just feasted on that line. And, again, that's that's an upper echelon defense pass rush. 
But again, you cannot expect your team, your franchise quarterback, your offensive, your, your running attack, to move the ball when every six out of ten, you know, every four out of ten dropbacks, he's facing an enormous pass rush. Thirty-nine percent of the pass dropbacks last week, Trevor Lawrence faced significant pressure on. That's unbelievable. Yeah, you can't. You, it's tough to be successful in those sorts of situations, especially when they're not having to send like extra guys to get there to do it. So, uh, look, the offense has a lot to work on. They do, and it's it's somewhat alarming because that's Doug Peterson's. I mean, that's his forte. Mm-hmm. That's his thing. I mean, you know, if he had to pick, he a team with a good offense or a good defense, he's probably thinking, I can make a good offense. Well, they haven't worked this year. Yeah. So, so something's got to give. And I know a lot of people keep pointing the finger at Press Taylor and. Look, you go back and look at the games. Are there a couple of play calls here or there that maybe you're like, mm, maybe not at this point in the game? Sure. But I, I really feel like we're nitpicking here at this point. I feel like if nobody had ever mentioned that Press was calling the plays, nobody would be questioning Doug. I yeah, just I just think that, we're at that point. And that, yeah, that came out right before the Colts game in week one, and that's kind of been the narrative. And it's easy to do it because – they have not picked up where they left off. I'll make the case that they're a worse offense now in, in week 11 of Trevor's third season than they were in week 11 of last year. And it's it, it does not compute that really the only differences on the offensive line. I mean, was Jawan Taylor that big of an addition to that offensive line? I mean, last year, the playoff run, Walker Little was at left tackle. Um, Cam Robinson was not in the in the mix during that stretch run last year. So um, you don't have a an extreme amount of difference on that offensive line than you did last year. And you are numbers wise. I mean, you were you were a marginal offensive line last year. I think statistically they were 21, 22, 23 in the league last year as an offensive line. Now you're looking 30, 31, 32 offensive line rankings. Um, and that is a massive difference. Um, I mean, is Anton Harrison the, the reason for this? In waves, yeah, he's given up quite a few sacks. I think uh, five sacks he's given up this year. Or uh, maybe it's Fortner that's given up five sacks and, and Anton's given up three. Um, but, yeah, the, the offensive line is down across the board, um, and I do think that's a significant reason, more so than, than the Press-Taylor play-calling issue. Again, if Press had not done this last year, Jacksonville was highly successful during the games that Press Taylor was calling last year. Playoff run, I mean, they they had success with Press Taylor calling plays, um, and I think it's not as 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 um, sexy as that narrative has been. I don't think it's the Press Taylor can't call plays. I don't think that's the reason for it. Um, I think it starts with the offensive line. Your quarterback's not comfortable. Your running backs are not comfortable, and that does something. You're talking the timing league, timing game, um, and when your quarterback is not comfortable, I think that is a uh, – it. it boils down to that offensive line look here here's the thing you're right there's something wrong um you mentioned that the offense is uh, at a worse spot than where they finished the year last year you nailed it on the head so i'm pulling them up side by side here's the one thing though maybe just maybe here's the thing there's still time because it is just week 11 this week last year the offense really started clicking looking at the numbers now around week 14 right Around week 14, they cranked it up, and then they were rolling the rest of the way. Um, but even then, they kind of had some down performances. Jets game wasn't crazy. Uh, Texans game wasn't crazy. Titans game wasn't crazy. They, but they started looking better as an offense down the stretch. When you look, I mean, to me, the, the Niners game this year reminds me of the Lions last year, where it was just an implosion. Nothing went right. 
you couldn't do anything. I mean, Trevor ended the game on the sideline for C.J. Beathard because it was just such a bad performance. He was going to get hurt if they left him out any longer. So you have to – you have to kind of look at that and say, okay, there was there was a bad, terrible throwaway game last year in this portion of the season. I think they had the Ravens game right before that or after that where they picked things up and they looked phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and, and you got to realize, people who listen to this, we're not just totally ripping the Jags. We're, we're kind of splitting hairs here, but they've not looked good. I mean, there are worse things of being 6-3 and three in the top of your division right now. Much better than the alternative of being three and six, but we I think the the fact is we expected more. I think the players, coaches expected more after the performance last season. Look, I mean, here's the thing. The offense was supposed to be better. Offense isn't great. They haven't been great. Uh, but like you mentioned, the team six and three, they're gonna be mm-hmm. fine. Uh, if they can can pick up where they were and continue to play good football down the stretch. But you also have to start thinking, okay. Six and three, even if they roll through what's a relatively easy schedule here the rest of the way, where are you trying to see the season end? Because mm-hmm. once you get to the playoffs, you're going to start seeing good teams. And as of yet, the best teams that the Jaguars have played this year, they haven't, they've lost. Right. Kansas City Chiefs, looks like the Houston Texans, San Francisco 49ers. And the Bills. I mean, they beat the Bills. Bills. They beat the Bills. Yeah, the Bills are struggling, though. Thank you. <laughs> Bills are I, I, that's what I was getting ready to say. I, you want me to pull up the Bills record right now? The The Bills were, at the time, the Bills right. win looked like a good win, and the Bills were a good team. But since then, the Bills have imploded, fired their offensive coordinator. They right. are a struggling team that looks like they're on the brink of possibly missing the playoffs. Right. So when you look at it, the toughest games on their schedule, I mean, your best win right now, their best win, probably Pittsburgh. Right. You're right. Yeah, right. I mean, you've had – you look back, week two, Chiefs, that was the game. That, to, to me, it, it almost reminded me of 2018 when you had the Patriots on the schedule early on in the season, coming off that AFC Championship game loss. They were so jacked, so up for that Patriots game. They slaughtered the Patriots, 31-20. They looked phenomenal. That was a personal game to them. Fast forward to this year. They had the Chiefs at home, week two. Personal game for them. Want to show us? Want to show the league just how far they'd come in that offseason? And you go out and lay an egg. Okay, another one. The Niners come in here, and you're thinking, okay, this is a chance for us to show we belong against the elite of the NFL, um, the NFC. You go out and you lay a complete, even a worse egg. So, yeah, they've had those opportunities to get in those games and mm-hmm. kind of deliver a statement, and you, you flopped. And, you know, I don't think the Texans game was kind of a statement game. I think the Chiefs. And the Niners were those statement games. Hey, we, we want to prove we belong against the NFL creme de la creme, and uh, we fall flat on our face. Yeah, so they've, they've got to do better. So there's things to work on regardless of being 6-3. and three. There are things to work on for this team because nobody's goal is to just make it to the wild card round. Right. Their, their goal is not to just be in the postseason. Their goal is to be – in the Super Bowl, right. right? So in order to do that, you have to beat good teams. In order to do that, the defense is doing their part. We've seen enough from them. We feel pretty comfortable with that. The defense will show up. The offense has to get going. Got to. The, the offense has to get going and live up to uh, the billing of what we expected from them going in. Your defense um, has played well enough to yes. win every game but the San Francisco game. Yes. You know, I think the Texans game, it got away from them when they saw the offense struggling and – you know, that game wasn't a blowout at halftime. Yeah, they, they labored a little bit, but the Jacksonville was in that game. Um, and then you let a 
260-pound offensive lineman return a kickoff for a touchdown. Um, and I think I think at some point, even the, the game against the 49ers, the defense was in that game. It wasn't a horrific defensive game by any stretch, but I think you kind of – um, you're getting your teeth kicked in on the offensive side of the ball, and the defense kind of just throws their hands up. And that was—I think—that was more of the um, the San Francisco game than uh, than anything. Exactly. Exactly. Defense uh, is playing well enough. Defense is playing well enough. We just need the offense to bounce back. Yes. The offense has to step up and and be what everyone expected them to be. The Jaguars have have done a lot of work trying to bring in talent for that offensive side of the ball, and right now, it's not living up to it consistently. We'll see if they can get it jump-started this week. Um, as I mentioned, Trevor Lawrence ha- has had some big games against the Titans in the past, so maybe this is a good week for him to bounce back. Uh, I think me and you both uh, are on the side yeah. that Trevor is going – or that the Jaguars are going to win this week. Uh, all right, since we both agree, let's wrap things up with uh, who's your player that you think is going to be uh, the linchpin for the Jaguars this week. Oh, man, I keep um, – every time we do this, I, I say the same guy. I'll say <laughs> Darius Williams. I'll say a Josh Allen. Um, but I think I think it's uh, to me I think it's a Calvin Ridley this week. I think you got to get Calvin the ball. We talked we 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 downplayed Calvin a little bit. The effort from him. Um, I think you got to play. Uh, you got to play to your strengths. That's get, get Calvin the football. Zay's going to be out again. Um, Tyson Campbell's out on the offense or defensive side of the ball. So um, I'm going to say on the offensive side, um, it's going to be Calvin Ridley. I either go Evan Ingram. He's been my guy several weeks offensively, but I'm going to go Calvin on the offensive side of the ball this week, and I'm going to say Devin Lloyd on that defense. All right, I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence for once. I, look, I think uh, at some point they got to get him going. This is the perfect defense to get him going against, especially with things spiraling the way they are. I think there's going to be a, uh, a an effort to get him cooking this week and trying to get him on the right foot because they understand that this team can – pretty much go as far as he can take right. them. So I, I expect that they're going to try and get Trevor rolling this week. We'll see if it all comes together this week at the bank on Sunday. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us here on the News for Jags podcast. <laughs>